Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. In our society, there's a lot of pressure to fit in, to be normal. When we have a child who doesn't fit whatever expectation is involved in their activity, there can be lots of negative emotions and events that come their way. It can be a rough road to see your kid on. Sometimes they might be too heavy, but it could be that they're too tall, too short, too skinny, or too anything that kids aren't expecting. With the huge popularity of the Barbie movie, it hit me that with all the stereotypes that Barbie and Ken bring to the table, it might be worth diving into the topic of body diversity. How can you as a parent show up for your kid and lend support to them? It can have a big impact on their mental health, their self-image, and self-worth. In this podcast, I have invited Pam Luck, founder of Ember and Ace, a clothing brand she developed for plus-size kids to chat about body image. She believes that when kids move their bodies, it improves their mental health, social development, and overall quality of life. Without clothing that fits, plus-size kids are often left out. That's why she and her team are creating athletic wear exclusively for plus-size kids. Welcome to the show, Pam. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that we're finally doing this. Can you tell us a bit more about how and why you started the brand? What what was the impetus? Sure. So I played sports and danced for most of my life. I did tap jazz and ballet, and I played soccer all the way through high school. And by the time I got to high school, um, it was hard for me to find athletic wear that fit because I've been plus size, you know, since you know, puberty starts and you're off to the races. So I was a goalkeeper on the soccer team and I had to go to the men's section to try and find a shirt and pants that would fit. And it's just really rough at that age to sort of not have clothing that fits for the sports that you enjoy. So fast forward, you know, 30 years, I have a teenage daughter now who also loves dance and we're struggling to find dance wear and athletic wear that fits her. And I was so frustrated. I said, why is this still a problem? It's been 30 years since I was a teenager. So I decided if nobody else is going to do anything about this, then I guess I'm going to have to. So that's when I started um, the line and the company and really just wanted to have clothing for these kids because I do think, you know, sports and activities that keep you connected with your friends and doing something that you love are really, really important. Yeah, especially in middle and high school. Well, and I want people to know, like, you aren't some clothing designer, you know, like this wasn't your <laughs> career, like what you were doing something completely different. I was, I'm actually, um, I have a, almost 20 years of experience as a project manager, mostly around technology. Um, so I do, it's one of the things that kept me from trying, I think for a couple of years is this idea that was sort of swimming around in my head, but I kept coming up against, you don't have a background in apparel or manufacturing or any of those things, but I just sort of decided just try, right? I have project management experience, which is great for all kinds of things because you take a problem and you break it down and you take small steps. And the good news is there's a lot of help for people that particularly want to start businesses around apparel. So I took a series of courses at the small business um, organization here in the Bay and just really was very transparent about what I knew and didn't know and relied on other partners and professionals to really help. Um, and that's just part of what you have to do when you're sort of outside of your 
zone of expertise. Yeah. But it was terrifying. It was terrifying. <laughs> well, and you really had a heart for these kids. I mean, you lived it yourself. You're seeing your daughter live it and you want to help. And I think that that's part of what I want to talk about more in the podcast is that, you know, what can we as parents do to help our kids who are different, whether it's a weight issue or, you know, height or skinnier, you know, smaller, whatever it is. Um, what what can we do as parents to help support their sort of like mental health journey? I was reading an article that was by a woman who she's a dietitian. Her name's Chelsea Edwards. And she said that kids often feel the pressure to conform to the body ideals they see perpetuated all around them. And she came up with three ideas for parents. Um, one is to try to find diverse images in media um, that we show our kids and, and make sure they're exposed to. And Barbie, the Barbie movie kind of does that. We'll come back and talk about that. Um, and us as parents being able to teach that all bodies are good bodies. Um, we, we, you and I were talking about this social media campaign called Hashtag Lose hate, not wait. And, you know, over 100,000 people have contributed to it. And it's like, wow, what a great tagline. Um, The Mm. third thing was making sure your kids are exposed to diverse people. And lastly, but eat and move for fun, as opposed to you have to run, you know, 10 laps because you got to lose weight, or you have to, you know, do pull-ups because your biceps aren't big enough or something like that. What other things do you see um, we were talking about before we, as we were prepping, um, things that parents can do or par- things that parents do do that they might not realize how they're impacting their kids. Sure. So I think everything that that was laid out that you laid out there was is really a great place to start. When you talk about you know exposure to diverse bodies, the good news is there are a lot more books, particularly for younger children, that are sort of showing all kinds of bodies doing all kinds of things. And so you have seen an increase in the availability of books and media for children so that they're getting that exposure to what different bodies look like. And I think, you know, for adults, looking at the kind of media you consume as a family and also looking at your own Instagram feed, there are tons of plus size athletes and models that have accounts. And so it's really about how are you bringing those kinds of bodies or other kinds of athletes into the sort of images that you see every single day. Um, And I think for a lot of people, and this does include me, it's something I work on to this day, is being mindful of not talking about individual bodies. I think it's something we really have to stop doing. And that includes your own body. Um, Because a lot of times the first sort of person your kid hears talking about bodies might be you talking about your own. So what are you saying? Get curious about the things that you're saying. Is your kid hearing you say about your body, about other bodies? And so I would love to see us all move away from talking about other bodies individually. Um, Because I think it also for me feels like an extension of when we talk about body autonomy, right? Your body is yours and it's private and that person's body is their business. It's not your business. So I think if we could all move towards being mindful of not talking about bodies is a really strong place to start. Um, I think most people, if you think about the hurtful things that you've heard about your body as a child, oftentimes that may have come from family, not necessarily at school or it's the one you sort of remember more is the things that maybe your mother said or your grandparents said or, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about some examples of, you know, I, I've 
recently met a one a woman who she's an Instagram uh, Instagrammer and she was shamed as a kid because she was the only skinny person in her family. Mm-hmm. And everybody, she used to wear big baggy clothes so that her family would tease her less about being too small. And, you know, I just met a mom on the playground who knew a family whose kid is like so tall. For He was three years old and everybody thought he was a six-year-old. My son went mm-hmm. to school with a kid who was like a foot taller than everybody all the time. And it makes people treat you differently when they think that you're too tall or too small or too heavy or whatever. And being able to accept people for who they are and not be judgmental, I think, is kind of what we're headed towards and we're hoping for. At least that's right. what I'm yeah. hoping for. And I think that's hopefully, you know, the case. I think it's just being more mindful of you don't need to comment on these things. And I think, you know, for kids that maybe are sort of outside of the range of what is considered quote unquote normal, which doesn't even exist, but okay. Um, (laughs) Is really trying to sort of, this is another area where can you show them kids or people with bodies similar to theirs doing things and feeling comfortable in that body. Right. And so for kids that are smaller, maybe it's, you know, watching gymnastics or watching figure skating and they don't necessarily always have to have that shared interest, but these people are small and they're crushing it, right? They're doing amazing things. And, and so just looking at, can you find a way to show them, um, positive images, positive images of people that have a similar body type, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think part of it is when everybody around you maybe is looks one way and you look differently, that sort of becomes what you see on a daily basis. So how can we sort of start introducing something that might have a more positive impact so that you can find someone maybe that you can relate to? Um, and so making maybe that little bit of extra effort to find folks that, that maybe share a similar trait um, and bringing that forward for your kids. Well, you and I were talking about the Barbie movie offline, and mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Was it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? <laughs> like, how, and how it relates to body image and uh, the different images it portrays in the in the movie. But it it does. We were talking about how it focuses more on patriarchy, not to be a not to be a spoiler. But, spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but they they have a diverse set of people in the cast. Um, both both ethnicity wise, as well as size and, um, you know, uh, weight, you know, size in terms of heaviness or, or, and I think most of the Barbies, I think are about the same height, but there's one in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then, then I, you know, what do you think? Like, what's your reaction from being, you know, helping do what you do? How, how, how does it relate to what you're doing? I mean, I'll start by saying I love the movie and I think it's okay to like something that's not perfect, right? And I think we can talk about even just the origins of Barbie and it's a very complex sort of thing. But I think, you know, they even touch on this. More spoilers. Here we go. Um, In the beginning of the film (laughs) where, um, you know, when Barbie was created, the only dolls that really existed were baby dolls. So the only role that kids got to play with dolls was that of parent. And then all of a sudden you have Barbie and you can start visualizing something different. And then she has all these different careers. And so in that sense, you know, it really did. And that's where I think the focus on patriarchy sort of came about as part of that film. And I think 
the decision to include diverse bodies in people with you know disabilities and ethnic diversity speaks to an understanding of you know the the problems with Barbie, which was that sort of very thin white ideal sort of that we all sort of grew up with. And so it's okay to like something that's not perfect. It's okay to talk about the things that I think it did well, which was asking some really great questions about patriarchy. And we all have to remember that all these systems are tied together. So patriarchy contributes to, you know, the body diversity conversation. And then I think it's this ideal for women that's sort of tied to patriarchy. So anything that sort of moves that conversation forward can continue to move the conversation around body diversity forward as well. So did they do a lot around breaking down things around body diversity in Barbie? Not necessarily, but they did have diverse representation. And I think they did a really good job around um, sort of patriarchy 101, if you will, um, in that film. That was, what did you think? Well, I, I think that they did a great, I, the, one of the parts that I loved, again, a spoiler is where Barbie goes like, Oh, what? I've been an astronaut. I've been a underwater (laughs) diver. I've been this. What do you mean that none of the women in the real world are that? It's like, you know, she goes into the real world and it's like, and I'm going like, man, that nails it on the head. Absolutely. You know, hands off to the the writers and the cast and the and Greta Gerwin as the director. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Things that, you know, I, I've dealt with all my career. I mean, I was in high tech and, well, you know, a woman in the high positions in high tech. And it's pretty lovely because there aren't that many. But I think in the 30 years since I've retired from that kind of role, um, I think there's, there there is some progress, but it's always a little slow. And um, yeah. I love the fact that they just kind of like wham right in the face. <laughs> like, yeah, Barbie, uh, you know, brought tried to do these things, and you know, how'd it go? And and I like I like the fun factor of bringing it to light in a really fun way. Yeah. And um, I because I think that people are thinking more, and I, I do like that. And I was really impressed with the diversity of the cast. Like, you know, Hollywood with the Me Too movement and all that stuff that was happening where, you know, including Asian um, actors and actresses. And, you know, instead of it being always the buddy, you know, it's like, oh, you know, somebody in the Hallmark movies is always the buddy is the minority character, whatever. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I was really impressed about how diverse it was. And uh, so... Anyway, that's what my take is. And, you know, it's like, I think that we get our society continually portrays women as well as beauty and all of those things that are surface. Um, They continue to portray it in ways that make people feel bad. Even Mm -hmm. people who are beautiful feel bad you know like let's just say somebody's beautiful um some actor or actress or whatever is quote-unquote beautiful from a surface standpoint and it's like they're made to feel bad and it's like oh my god how could that person not think that they're beautiful and it's because of our society does stuff like you know gets this image of you have to have a, a nose of a certain size and you have to have a waist a certain size and a certain hair color or singing color whatever it is so um you know i think that our kids get so beaten down by all that as and we we did as kids and we see them struggling with it 
and we ha- our kids have social media in ways that we never had. I mean, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart to see how many teenage and tweenage girls spend lots of time on selfies. And they will take mm-hmm. 20 selfies because they're not perfect. And mm-hmm. it's like, and they'll post them because they're trying to show everybody that they're perfect. And if they don't have 2,000 likes or maybe 100 likes, they will take down the picture if they only have two or three because their friends have just shamed them. And because they they think that they're ugly or something in that picture. I've taught for a number of years about how Snapchat uh, impacts uh, images, body image and stuff of our kids and in ways that parents don't even realize um, with yeah. the, those counts about like who likes who and who, you know, anyway. Plenty of ranting uh, for later. It's in it's in some of my other podcasts. But, <laughs> um, um, you know, I... I really appreciate you chatting. Any other things that we haven't covered about body image and um, that we want to talk about before we wrap up? I think I would just say, I would close with this. You know, for younger kids, try to focus on, you know, what their body can do and the things that they enjoy and, and reinforcing that. And I think, you know, as kids get older, you're talking about teenagers and stuff, to really start to think about um, who benefits from making me feel bad about my body and really starting to question and interrogate, you know, because a lot of times it's, you know, people who are trying to sell you something or it's, you know, somebody who's trying to make you feel poorly about yourself to their own benefit. So I think it's really about thinking very clearly about who benefits from making you feel this way and then what can you do and do you want to give that sort of power to someone else so it's just something i think it's it's worth having conversations about particularly with teens and with younger kids it's just again focusing on let's find a way for you to move your body in a way that feels good that you enjoy and let's focus on those things and hopefully hold on to um those things and and focus more on that Hey, Pam, thanks so much for chatting with me about an issue that affects so many of our kids. I think this podcast is just the tip of an iceberg in helping our kids. There's still issues like how to deal with bullying and discrimination of different body types, but I'm really glad that we got the ball rolling. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. All right, audience, I will put a link to Pam's website in the podcast notes. It's Amber and Ace. And I'm going to wish you all to have a blessed rest of your day. 